welcome to Light Warrior Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Karen Kant, author of the number one best-selling book, Sensitivity is Your Superpower, How to Harness Your Gifts, Fulfill Your Purpose, and Create a Life of Joy. And if you would like a free gift from me, I have the Sensitive Soul Empowerment Guide, where you can find it at SensitiveSoulGuide.com, the three ways of navigating your way to more peace, positivity, and personal power so you can have the life of your dreams and really fulfill your mission. And that's what I'm super, super excited about is is for people shining their light to their brightest so we can pull the world out of darkness together. And today's guest is a very important, has a very important role in this space, and I am really, really pleased to have her here because her book, The Toggle Effect, I believe is a book that everybody who's interested in healing holistically uh, and helping the world and creating more harmony in their lives can benefit from. It's called The Toggle Effect, and um, Lori Husinger, who is my guest today, is the author of this brand new book. Um, you can check it out on uh, Amazon and various different places, also The Toggle Effect. Dot com, so that's T-A-G-T-O-G-G-L-E, effect.com. And the therapy we're going to be talking about today is called cognitive polarity therapy. I have difficulty saying that quickly, so I'm saying it very slowly. CPT for short, and um, it's been very inspirational. Now, uh, folks that have been following me for a while know I'm a medical doctor and an acupuncturist, now retired, uh, so very familiar with the, the five elements. And um, being able to transmute, not just uh, delete, dissolve, and uncreate negative emotions, but being able to transmute them to the polar opposite. Uh, this was a question that one of my level two Topican Healing students was was asking about. Well, what you know, I know we're just you know deleting, dissolving, and uncreating negative emotions, but what about flipping them, you know, to the positive? And she had this thought, and then I talked about this book in class, and she was like, oh, that's the answer. <laughs> that's what I've been looking for. Uh, so this is very, very, very perfect for what's going on in the world right now to be able to quickly transmute negative emotions to the positive. So she's a natural therapeutic specialist. Um, the therapy is a it's a three-step mental focus process she calls cognitive polarity therapy. And I've actually played around with it, doing this for when I'm doing block therapy, and I'm actually literally looking for pain, doing block therapy, and doing some of this work while I'm purposefully creating pain, and you know what? It actually helps. <laughs> it helps to release the pain faster. I feel like my fascia basically dissolves faster, and the pain level, which might have been, I may have self-created, you know, to release the fascia like an 8 out of 10, it can go down to half, like 4 out of 10, and then... Um, I don't notice it as long, which is very important. And this is something that you can learn to do right out of the book. Um, also, of course, Lori does train people to do this as well. So if this really, really resonates with you, you can definitely look her up um, and uh, see if you may want to become a certified practitioner. So the website is thetoggleeffect.com. And if you'd like to ask Lori a question, you can Call in at 818-514-1190 if you're here live on the show. Hit one so we know your hand is up. Again, 818-514-1190. Hi, Lori. Welcome to the show. Hi, Karen. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm honored to be here. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for being here. Um, maybe we can start with you telling us a little bit about your background since you're new to the show and, um, you know, what led you to this discovery of what you're now calling CPT? 
Uh, well, um, it started back in 1989. I was um, pregnant with my, uh, well, actually, it was just after my uh, fourth child was born, and I had a very severe asthma attack, which is a condition that I had suffered from for, you know, 20 years. Um, and it would get quite severe when I was sick with a cold. And I was in the hospital and um, the emergency room, and I had basically a near-death experience out of body. And um, the outcome of that experience was uh, a temporary, I'd say about two months long, shift in my mental state that corresponded to a complete eradication of all kinds of symptoms that I had up to that point, asthma, allergies, itchy ears, creaky knees, whatever I struggled with, seemed to miraculously get better um, very quickly after that event. Uh, During that event, the doctor came in the room and said, you know, when I was having this sort of -of out-of-body experience, um, he shook my arm a little bit and I was able to come back into into my body as it were, and he said, what are you doing? It's saving you. It's saving your life. And I said, well, I don't know. And I just kind of closed my eyes and was able to transcend back into this space off and on uh, for the better part of about four days. Um, After two months, that particular mindset made uh, made a really drastic change back. I mean, I went from this sort of Zen Buddha enlightenment state within about a half an hour, everything sort of clicked back into its old state of stress. Uh, and all my symptoms came back with it. So within a half, you know, I went off of medication that I had been on for, for decades. And then all of a sudden, within a half hour, I was back on my medications again. So I took the next, um, I spent the next met, uh, several years studying alternative medicine and, and trying to find out what was that, thing that happened inside my mind and how it connected to the body. I decided, you know, Deepak Chopra is coming out with all kinds of really amazing information about the psychoneuroimmunology, um, the mind connection through the emotions to the body. That really resonated. Um, I went into, uh, I started pre-med and uh, was encouraged by someone there who was doing her PhD dissertation on psychoneuroimmunology, uh, and she said, you know, go into alternative medicine. It's going to be a better avenue for you. So um, I did that. I wish I got that piece of advice. (laughs) What's that? I wish I got that piece of advice. I can appreciate appreciate why. Um, Yeah, she said, you know, medicine's just not open to this as much as, you know, uh, they are studying these aspects. They're just really not open to it, but... Anyhow, I went to the School of Natural Therapeutics in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Uh, they were very, they're very well known. They're not around anymore, but uh, at the time they had oh, were very well known for their alternative medicine uh, therapies. <clears throat> and um, I graduated. Um, everything I learned danced around the thing I was looking for. Um, there was lots of great information. I was able to open up my own clinic and actually... Uh, you know, run an alternative medicine uh, center there in Albuquerque for 18 years. But what I was taught didn't give me the peace I was looking for. Uh, they danced around a little bit, but it wasn't exactly what I came for. So I used the clinic 
and my, my experiences there to continue my research. And, um, and I, that's, you know, I'd, one day, one evening, um, after studying lots of homeopathy and box flower remedies and energy work, um, I, uh, you know, I found myself getting very self-conscious um, when I was playing a, a game of pool. And I thought, Man, why am I feeling self-conscious? I have been studying these emotions. And yet in one little simple, somebody watches you take a shot at the pool table and all of a sudden you're gripped <laughs> in this fear. I was like, why can't I master this? And then I asked myself the homeopathic question. And that was, what if the cause is the solution? And so I closed my eyes and I focused on that lack of confidence, that fear, that anxiety. And I pulled it into the center of my mind and it got worse and worse and tighter and tighter. And then, boom, all of a sudden it just released. And I was actually feeling a little lightheaded. And that was the discovery. After that, I beat my partner the next five games. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> and he, w- he would talk about that, too, because he's a good pool player and I'm not. But um, that was the beginning of it. Then I just started, you know, taking notes and using it for different um, emotional things that were coming up for me. I used it for guilt. I used it for fear and anxieties. I used it for anger issues. And I just kept getting these changes. And then I started working with my clients, and their changes were profound. Um, And I'm documenting everything the whole time. And uh, so that was the beginning of it. That was back in 2003 when it was discovered. Well, that's really interesting. Now, you talked about the homeopathic question, but how, how did you figure out how to, like, like to pull it into the center of your head? Like, where did that come from? <laughs> I don't know. Instinct? It just happened. I mean, because everything that I had experienced in that out-of-body experience happened in the center of my mind. Something happened to my oh, mind. Okay. And I, so I was very focused on what was going on in my mind for those years after. I literally felt like I had a brain transplant during that two-month period (laughs) because it wasn't my mind that I knew. My mind was formulating thoughts differently. It was reacting to different kinds of emotions. It wasn't the same. It wasn't the same brain I'd had before that experience. Yet when it snapped back after that two months, that was the old familiar stuff. But with that came all of the symptoms. Right, so it right. was too much. I mean, that is amazing to have spent two months in that space, and obviously the snap back was necessary in order for you to create this for the rest of us, right? So um, there you go. But two months, wow. And just curious, in that two months, were you aware of negative emotions cropping up, but they just didn't make any impact, or were you not aware of any <laughs> negative emotions? They weren't there. They just weren't there. I was, it was so you interesting didn't react because, to anything? No. Well, I reacted, but it was in this positive, contemplative, appreciative space. Wow. You know, interesting things were happening around me, and I was just like, huh, how interesting. And yeah, I just, I was line. observing <laughs> myself observing from a different perspective. 
Yeah. And then one so, day somebody yeah. said somebody said something very insulting about someone I knew, and that caused this <clears throat> choice to react in a sense. And I just was like, huh. And then as I contemplated that from the perspective of being insulted myself, all of a sudden it was almost like the toggle switch flipped back. There was this almost distinct click. And then boom, all this emotionality started coming back. And then the cough. And then the (laughs) the tightness of the breath. And and I'm like, oh, my God. And I tried to force myself to be calm after that. And I could not find the space. It wasn't there anymore. It was like the door closed on me. So I went into counseling uh, for the first time in my life because I come from a really rough childhood. And I went into counseling. And that was an interesting part of the, um, of the actual journey because the counselor asked all these really rough questions and I was dedicated to my truth. And so I started talking about those things that you just never want to talk about, you know. And as I did that, all of this deep, hard, emotional stuff came to the surface. You know, deep, deep, suppressed emotions came to the surface. Ah. And as they did, then my health got better. Ah. So there was this other stage, okay, of going from your suppressed emotional state into the expressed state and my life kind of fell apart because during the time I was going through all the counseling um, I was a mess but my health was much better and when I would try to like muscle down those negative emotions the disappointment the anger the distrust uh, you know all of this um, then I would start coughing again and I would you know my coughing would be like seven hours a night every single night prior to all of this discovery. So I was really caught between having these really difficult symptoms to struggle with or having really difficult emotional state, you know, and trying to keep wraps on that. And I fluctuated back and forth in those spaces um, for quite a while. And my asthma and my, you know, conditions did get significantly better while I was emoting, okay, while I spent those years really getting in touch with that. My marriage fell apart, but my health got better. And it was, real, it was tough to know which direction I wanted to go. Right, and it sounds like from the CPT, now we have a methodology and an avenue where it doesn't have to be so difficult or traumatic, right. if you will. Yeah, to feel yes. all those emotions <laughs> for a right. long time. For a long time, exactly. Um, so there is something that I have now just sort of distinguished, and that is that the emotions work in a polarity. They're either going to be in a low frequency or they're in a high frequency. High frequency emotions, um, <clears throat> basically peace, inspiration, love, joy, contentment, gratitude, they're very healing. They're our natural state. And uh, when you're in those states genuinely, uh, you will uh, manifest a higher mental and physical health. 
Um, the low frequency emotions are your anger, your fear, your distrust, the anxieties, the despair, worry, grief, resentment. Those emotions are low frequency emotions and they destabilize both the mind and the body. Now the mind, when it's feeling these emotions, okay, they, then it has a couple of choices. It can either express those emotions and so then you have kind of a social dis-ease, if you will, or we try really hard to appear that those are emotions are not there and we suppress them. And then the body goes into disease. So the transition is to take, you know, when we have health issues, which is where most of my practice is focused, focused on, we, we look for the negative emotional storage banks. We bring them up into cognition. We make ourselves aware of them. You stir up those emotions, if you will. And then we focus on them. And now we know there's a third choice and we can uh, convert those emotions. And it really happens pretty quickly. Once we know what we're actually doing, you can then go in there and convert those emotions from the low frequency back into the high frequency state. And that the aha stage comes in pretty quickly. Um, and uh, then you, you see symptoms uh, start to improve very quickly. Pain begins to subside pretty quickly. Um, Cognitive function improves quickly. Stress uh, sort of vaporizes. Ah, so that's... this is great. Well, and, and uh, you know, before I uh, ask you the next question about, you know, how the five elements in acupuncture are involved, I did uh, just remembered that um, I thought you'd get a kick out of this, Lori. So <laughs> the story, some of, some of my tribe knows this. So I'm at um, a drum and dance performance. My friends were drumming and dancing at the farmer's market, so we thought we'd support them, and I'd take pictures and stuff like that, you know. And uh, one of the drummers they had uh, was a friend I didn't know, um, and uh, he looked like he was dragging his hip. Like he just looked miserable, you know, like in a lot of pain, and he's standing up, and he's trying to get comfortable, and he's drumming, and he's, you know, so afterwards I thought, you know, I, I don't really know this person. I didn't want to, like, you know, people yes. ask me as an MD all the time, like, can you fix this? You know, and I thought, no, it's none of your business, Karen. Just, you know. But my husband talks to him, and he comes to me and goes, can, can, you, can you help him? Right? So there I am, and I'm thinking, okay, well, I do pretty woo-woo stuff, so I don't know how open he is to it, but he just looks so much in pain, and I just asked if, you know, if I, I, I said, well, how do I think of this? So I was thinking, okay, look, I'll just tell him it's like, massage or something you know so um and i didn't have i have these phototherapy patches which uh, can also you know create instantaneous pain relief but i didn't have any on me just me right so you know he agreed and he laid down and he was just took him a while for him to even get like comfortable laying down and so i just put a little bit of um pressure on his iliacus which i knew was probably you know tight but uh what i instructed him to do was I said, okay, you you feel that the the pain in your hip? He goes, oh yeah. So I said, well, just you know, bring it to the center of your head. That that that's going to be your meditation while I do what I do, right? So I do what I do and do a little spiritual stuff and this and that. And and he and I said, that's all you're focusing on. <laughs> I was thinking of you, uh, Lori. And um, you know, so about five minutes 
goes by, I'm done with what I'm doing, and I, and, and I look over at him, and he's completely relaxed now, because he was just literally yep. bracing in pain before. His his eyes yep. are, like, closed. He's breathing softly and slowly, and and I just quietly say, okay, well, you know, we're done, and he opens his eyes, and he says, okay, let me help you up, and remember, he struggled to get down there, and uh, I help him, and he's his eyes get bigger and bigger, and he goes, and he's putting weight on both legs, and he's looking uh-huh. at me like, what yep. did you do? What did, what did you, you do? do? Yep. <laughs> you yep. know, and I, I said, know. okay, well, here, I said, I, yeah, I didn't tell him any of the other stuff, I, you know, some woo-woo stuff, but I said, look, this is what I want you to do. I just want you to, to ch- you know, to do this exercise and, and get this book. <laughs> That'll really help you. So anyway, nice. um, yeah, so I just, I just thought you'd love that story. Oh, no, and this is exactly what, um, <laughs> this is exactly what we were seeing in the clinic over and over again. And, and I could teach it to other therapists, and they were getting the same results. My business manager one day, he's standing outside, and I went out to chat with him after a treatment. He goes, you need to stop teaching people this toggle thing. And I said, why? He goes, because they're not rescheduling the same way. <laughs> and I had to laugh, and I said, I can't have an answer and not give it to them. <laughs> oh, yeah, and so yeah, yeah. Um, when I tried to t- take it to pain doctors, uh, this one pain doctor, you know, I give him the whole spiel. And he goes, you're going to, you know, you're going to shut down my business. And I was like... No, I'm not asking you to give me your clients. I will train your doctors in this work, you know. Right, right. But there was that piece, and I have to say that, um, yeah. you know, it, it works so well that people are a little intimidated to even want to introduce it because it works so well. Yep, exactly. The beautiful part I mean, is, it's is a that shame, it even, but it's great that the average person, I mean, you don't have to be a practitioner to do it. No, you don't. Um, I, you know, teach people. The, where the practitioners are really valuable is in objectivity. Because I'll tell you what, you know, the, you have to get to a place in this work where you start to ask the question, well, how did the emotions get in the, programmed in the negative in the first place? What's that process all about? That we find ourselves then burdened with so much heavy, negative, low-frequency emotional stuff that we end up in these crises. And that is because, you know, we are taught lessons and we make decisions. Every time we make a decision that is somewhat self-deprecating, then the emotional system will match that decision-making process. It will shift itself down into those low-frequency emotions. Then all of a sudden we're not functioning as well. We're not, you know, our pain will start cropping up in the body. So... When I have clients come in, I will ask them, you know, if they all of a sudden have a spasm start in their back last week, um, I'll say, well, what happened like two or three days right before that? Because that'll be when you, when you suppress the emotion. And invariably, there was something that happened. You can go back to that particular dilemma, have them focus on those emotions and pull them into the center of their awareness and, and go through the shift, and then the pain is gone. Love it. So amazing. So amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't, you know, the objectivity that a therapist brings to the table is that um, we get lost in our story because that's what we, we're creators. And that's the beautiful thing is we are creating all the time. 
we often miscreate, but that's part of learning how to create. A therapist can come in and kind of guide us to a more objective view of what we've created so we're more willing to tap into some of those negative emotions that we try to resist. And once you can tap into them and convert them, then you you get those paradigm shifts in your life. Uh, that's great. Well, one of the things we see right now, Laura, at least with my tribe, <coughs> is the feeling that they don't have a choice in multiple different things. You know, they feel like things are being mandated to them where they want don't want that thing that's mandated to them. Um, there's other people that do want it, and that's fine, but they don't want it, so they, they feel betrayed, they feel disappointed, um, they feel like they don't have a choice, and I don't even know what emotion that is exactly. Um, but we're seeing that this, this incredible stress right now related uh-huh. to this lack of choice. So I'm just curious whether or not... That's a particular, um, like a you know, five element, like a different element. That particular emotion, or is that something you're seeing? Oh yeah. As a matter of fact, within my family, I have been, um, um, let's see, questioning the vaccine mandates for many years because I, I got into studying alternative medicine just as I was starting to grow my family, and so that question came up. Um, uh, my children are vaccinated, but, you know, the, the dilemma was always there. Um, uh, with this particular new onset of COVID and whether or not we do the vaccines, um, half of my family says I'm going for it. And the other half of my family says I'm going to wait and see. <laughs> but let's, just, let's just take our time. Uh, the toggle for it, and I have caught COVID, okay, I was um, – I, was, I tested positive for COVID uh, about a year ago, and then <clears throat> I had no symptoms of it. But the first thing I did to strengthen my immune system was I imagined that, you know, and with asthma, that wasn't hard to do. I imagined that I was going to be on a respirator and, you know, at the end of the, by the end of the week, you know, that this was going to take me over. And, and all the fear that came with that, I then pulled all that in. And I got into this really nice, sweet space of relaxation. And I didn't really, but, you know, I was one of the fortunate ones, maybe because of that, maybe that I had no real symptoms from it. When the COVID variant came along, um, then I did get a little bit sick, but we just followed the same protocol. Everybody in my family came down with uh, with it. And uh we just kind of, you know, made our way through it and, and skated through without any real serious issues. Uh, my daughter was feeling very guilty because she thought, oh, my gosh, you know, I caught it and then I gave it to mom and what if she dies? And, and I told her, I said, all right. I said, imagine I'm going to be gone by the end of the week and it's all your fault. And I said, now, you feel that guilt? I said, now, pull the guilt in. <laughs> Pull the guilt into the center of your head. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, pull all the guilt in to convert it, you know. Don't let that underlying guilt just rumble in the underground because it will break down the immune system. Mm -hmm. Did she do it? Oh, yeah, she did it. We were all fine. Oh, that's great. So we have approached this from different ways. I love it. Yeah. Uh, When I was talking to you, I was talking about, you know, this uh, you know kind of process in one of my uh, YouTube videos, and um, 
you know, I, I said, you know what? I find that, uh, you know, why not do it for your worst case scenario? You know, because because uh, yep. some people worked a lot of their on their emotions over the years, various methods, you know, they're very effective. And when I was uh, doing the stuff for myself, I was like, okay, I need to challenge myself here because I'm, you know, because I'm mostly uh, very peaceful and kind of take things like, yeah, let's see what happens, you know, curiosity. Uh, so I was I was having a hard time finding anything to be triggered about. So I literally created a worst-case scenario in my mind to purposefully <laughs> try to trigger myself. Um, uh-huh. And then I was like, oh, there it is, right? I know it was <laughs> subtle, but I was like, oh, work. there it is. There's the fear. There's the betrayal, that whatever, you know, was. And then doing it for that, and then I became even more peaceful. And, you know, I was describing this on this YouTube video, and, and one of my, um, you know, followers was freaking out that <laughs> You know, imagining a worst case scenario because I told I, I just said out loud what my worst case scenario was. You know, and she just thought right. like, "Oh my God, you went, you, you've been like hit by the dark side, Dr. Karen. Uh, you know, um, you know, in conspiracy theory. You know, you got to stop watching these people. You know, and I'm like, this, I'm doing this on purpose. You know, like this is the worst case scenario so that I can transmute those negative emotions. Um, and so I was like really looking forward to talking with you today because, uh, and then it's perfect because you just mentioned exactly what I did. <laughs> so, right. Well, super it's powerful. interesting because the yeah the process that I uh, talk clients through too. You know when we're trying to get to the bottom of something that's physical because the physical tells me that the body that the mind has now suppressed the emotion. So when they come in with an ache or a pain or a, an issue, then we then that's when we tap into that like worst case scenario thing. It's like just imagine worst case scenario. Everybody's mind will come up with a different worst case scenario that really right. resonates with their own internal emotional mechanics. So when they think about that worst case scenario, and then that emotion comes up, and then they pull that emotion in, they go through the shift. Then the test is we come back to worst-case scenario, you know, right. thoughts. And, it, and my favorite word in the English language is, huh, because that tells <laughs> me they don't feel the same. <laughs> and so yeah. when, you don't feel, when you don't feel the same, you know you have now reprogrammed or shifted the polarity of that deeper emotional piece. And within minutes, you see the body going through improvement. It's not necessarily a cure-all for everything, but we're seeing the emotional system has a very critical principal part to play in our physical health. And I even have come to the conclusion that pain itself is actually a flip side of emotions. It's kind of emotions turned physical because I have broken an ankle and, uh, in a fall and it took me about two and a half minutes <clears throat> to pull in all the pain. And once the pain shifted, I had no pain whatsoever, but I was in that state that you were talking about that gentleman. I was in a state of total peace. All the fear was gone and the peace was there. And that came at the same exact time as the pain was gone. Oh, that's neat. 
That is so neat. Um, so tell us how, you know, acupuncture and five elements, how is that all connected to this CPT process? Pardon me. Um, well, the um, acupuncture piece was wonderful. I had a dear friend who was in acupuncture school, um, and about the time I was discovering this, and I told her, I said, I want you to come into the office. I want to talk to you about this, about this breakthrough. And um, she came in, and I'm telling her all about it. She goes, well, I want to feel your pulses. And so as an acupuncturist, you know that that sort of gives you a profile of the balance of the organ systems in the body. So I was immediately nervous. I thought, um, what if she says, Lori, you're completely out of balance? Because <laughs> I'm sitting here, <laughs> right? I'm sitting here in all of this enthusiasm over this breakthrough, but, um, you know, the doubt sets in of whether or not it's a real breakthrough. So I had, you know, I had that going on in the underground of my mind. She reads my pulses. She goes, well, your spleen is very weak. And I said, huh, now I had studied enough five element. I was like, well, the spleen is related to worry, right? She goes, yeah. And I said, all right. And I knew what I was worried about. I was worried that this wasn't an actual breakthrough. Right. Okay. So I focused on that worry of like, oh, no, this is a total flop. And, you know, and it, it really isn't doing anything. And all the worry came up to the surface. Okay, that's your worst case scenario, right? The worry comes to the surface. She goes, what did you just do? Because she's feeling my pulse point. She goes, you just balanced the spleen. And I said, well, I'm not done yet. So that gave us the indicator right there that as the emotion was suppressed underneath, the body is now being impacted by that low frequency energy. When you bring wow. that emotion up, now it's the mind, but the body is freed up. So then the next step, I said, okay, I'm not done yet. So then I focused on the worry. And I mentally, like a drinking a milkshake through a straw, right? I just started pulling that worry in. It got tighter and tighter. It gets more intense. And then, boom, it just shifted. She said, you just balanced your spleen to the other organs. What are you doing? Well, that was wow. the breakthrough. You know, from there, we were having clients come in that had been to the Mayo Clinic. They had these conditions that were chronic and affecting their whole life. <clears throat> we were making significant improvements in single treatments. She would read the pulses while I would talk the person through the specific uh, shifts, you know, the emotional shifts, this polarity. And, uh, and people, but it's interesting. It's such a subtle change. When it's so deep in the system, it's subtle. When you get that release, all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, what happened? It's almost like somebody just opened the window and the air isn't stagnant anymore, but that's still subtle. And it's really hard for people to wrap their mind around that that little subtlety is changing an entire internal health environment. I see. Do you ever get people who just cannot connect to the emotion? Like you might feel their pulse, their pulses say, you know, the lung is weak, maybe they have some sort of grief or something like that or sadness or sorrow, but they're just not connecting it. They just don't feel it. Like what what do we do in that 
instance? Well, I had a lady who was um, a, a client who we were working on low back pain and neuropathy in her legs and feet. Um, it'd get a little bit better, but not much. Uh, we weren't together for, you know, several months. She had been a client of mine for quite a while. Um, and then one day we went through the shift and it all just like, boom, it just happened. And I, I said, man, what is the difference? She was a nurse. She goes, you know, I stopped taking pain meds. She goes, I think the pain meds were blocking me from being able to make this shift. This is the first time I've really felt it at this level that you're talking about. Wow. So, that's huge. It is huge, but that's the, why we take the pain meds anyway, is it creates sort of a, a mental disconnect to the condition. Wow. Well, and, and, and then so, as a medical doctor, uh, I can say that uh, not just pain meds, but antidepressants such as um, the uh, serotonin reuptake inhibitors, the Prozac, um, the Zola, the right. Paxil, um, they often numbed out my patients. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like they just they just uh, numb uh, out. Yeah. They numb out. They they're not they're not interested in anything. I mean they're not interested in sex, they're not interested in you know, they're not happy, they're not sad, they're just kinda like almost like a automaton robot. It was kinda scary actually. Um I mean, well, many, many you know, but it's an option it. to being in pain, which you know uh, um, but I've actually had people who were on on pain meds that were able to get the shift when the pain meds aren't working. It's interesting. Oh. Um, oh. You know, so the, one of the stories in my book, um, <coughs> my brother. Yeah, I love that my story. Brother had, yeah, it, it's, yeah. I mean, it was a huge breakthrough for me to see the power of the work. But he had fallen two stories and broke his neck. And he is in uh, Detroit at the time. Um, he is in a strange hospital. They, you know, he's, he's disoriented. He was, he was visiting there. Um, he's in this crisis state. And um, they, you know, put the rods in his neck. They put the halo on, and then they ship him home back to New Mexico. Um, Ten days after he got home, his wife calls me up, my sister-in-law, and she said, um, I, I, I'm, he's just in constant pain. The meds aren't working. He's on maximum painkillers and muscle relaxants, and it's not working. And the doctors, they don't know what else to do. There's nothing else they have, you know. She said, I know he's suicidal. Um, you know, you have to do something. And so I had just begun to play with pain with this work and so I went to his house and I asked him you know I found out what he was what was happening is he was having a spasm that would start um, uh, with some anxiety it would go full 30 minutes and then he would kind of doze off for 15 minutes and then he would wake up in that state of anxiety so I'd get this overwhelming urge to move but as soon as I move a single muscle, the spasm hits and I'm lost. And I sat there and watched him go through one of these. And I literally had to toggle my own stress to watch somebody go through that much pain, especially a loved one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm pulling in all of my stress while he's going through it. And then I get really clear. And I said, okay, the next time, and then he's exhausted after this, you know, the exhaustion is obvious. 
and I said, doze off. I said, but as soon as you get that feeling as you're waking up, I said, I will be talking in your ear. I said, you call out my name and I'll be right here. And I'm going to talk you through it. Okay. I said, you just listen to me and you follow my instruction. So I had him pull in and he calls out my name and I said, all right, focus on the pain. And then this is what I always tell people, the pain is the medicine. Okay. And that allows us to reorient our psyche to stay focused on the pain, which is the last thing we're trying to do otherwise. But I'm changing that. We're reversing that entire reaction. So I said, focus on the pain. And so I noticed that, yep. And I said, so all that intense negativity, all that intense discomfort, you just pull that in. I said, I pull it in, keep pulling it in, pull it in deeper. And again, the therapist is there to maintain that objectivity. Keep pulling it in. And about six minutes into it, there's this deep sigh and a relaxation that hits. And then this, this is really tapping into this five-element understanding. But within a few seconds, a second emotional charge rises up and the pain hits again. So we process through the next one for a few minutes. He goes through that same deep relaxation. And then the next emotion comes up. Pain comes right behind it. We are pulling in the pain. By the end of that half hour, we had gone through three of these. And he fell asleep for 10 hours. Wow. After that particular one treatment, he said, my spasms were only lasting five seconds. Wow. So that was huge. Now, the doctors, when he got the halo off, he was ready to go back to work. He went off of all the pain meds and stuff he was supposed to take for the rest of his life. They said, no, you're disabled. And he goes, no, I'm ready for work. Oh, my God. And to this day, and this has already been, that was like back in 2005, if he goes in for a physical and tells them the injury, they're like, no, I don't believe it. Because it's not within medicine's expectation to have that kind of a, a recovery. They see the incisions on his neck, and then they go, oh, wow, you did. <laughs> you <know>? <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're not lying. Oh, wow. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. That was, so that was testament to the power of the mind and this work. Wow. But you do have to be have the wherewithal to focus on your negativity, whether it is in pain or emotion, for a period of time, right. because all that is, all it is is energy. And you have the ability to convert the energy. Right. And it's so easy to, like, try to push it down again because it's uncomfortable, even if it's for a few seconds. Yeah, it's tempting. Right. So can you do this for addictions and uh, cravings? Yes. Uh Yes, yes, and yes, to the degree Uh that the person is willing to go into it. Um, So the story... uh, you know, I had a client, and we didn't specifically target her addiction uh, to gambling, but we did um, do toggles on sort of deep other stuff that had been happening in her life. And then she said, she called me one day, and she goes, I don't know what you did, but I can't make myself go gamble now. She goes, I've been trying to talk myself into it. And she goes, I even drove to the casino, and I just had to turn around and come back. It's just boring. 
Oh my god! And I was like, "Wow!" I said, "What did we shift?" She goes, "I can't even remember." Um, Ah. We have done it with smoking. uh, For you know, I'll have uh, somebody. They could have a cigarette right there. Okay, they could smoke a whole cigarette, and then I'll say, "Okay, now I want you to take another cigarette out of the box." And put it to your lips. So what we're doing is we're doing that worst-case scenario thing. We're teasing the emotional reaction to the surface. So put the cigarette in your mouth. Now take it out of your mouth and put it back in the box. And just that action will stir up all kinds of real deep despair and anxiety. Okay. I have repeatedly seen people just start to emote. The tears will start to come. Wow. Just from that action. And I said, now focus on that feeling and pull it all in. And I had this one gentleman, I was teaching a whole group. Uh, It was a group of about 30 people. And he raises his hand and he said, can we take a break? And I said, you smoke, don't you? And he goes, yeah. (laughs) And everybody in the room, (laughs) everybody in the room had worked with him. They knew his, you know, they knew his habit. And so I said, would you be willing to... um, to toggle that before, and then we'll send you on a break. And he goes, sure. So I went through this whole little exercise with him. It took just a few minutes. And then I said, okay, when he was all done, I said, now you guys can all go take a break. And when he came back out or back into the room, he said, what did you do to me? I didn't even have a cigarette when I went out there. (laughs) And I said, we're just reprogramming the emotional responses. I had a woman who was diabetic, and she said, I wish I could just stay away from French fries and eat more vegetables. She goes, but every time I pass a McDonald's, I want to go get French fries. So I had her bring French fries and vegetables into my office. And I said, now put the French fry in your mouth, but do not chew it or swallow it. Just feel the emotional reaction to it. And as she did that, this is that worst-case scenario thing, right? She pulls in that reaction. And then I had her put the vegetable in her mouth, and she had this aversion to it. And I said, now pull that in. And it was like, okay. Like two weeks later, she goes, man, I'm just passing McDonald's without noticing them. And when I go grocery shopping, all of a sudden there's all these vegetables in my cart. I don't even remember putting them in there. Oh my gosh! So wait a second. When she had the, uh, the 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 French fry in her mouth, was she toggling a craving, or was she toggling like a guilt, or do you know? Or I don't know. I it, I don't. I didn't really specifically ask. I said, "Whatever you feel, okay, just pull it all in." What if it's like euphoria, and is that bad? Like, is that a bad thing? Uh, Oh, that's a super good question. In Chinese medicine, overenthusiasm is an imbalance. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so it, when somebody's super excited about something, no, I'm then super you, <laughs> <laughs> well, I can appreciate. And you know, when I first found this breakthrough, I hardly slept for about six weeks. The excitement oh, wow. was through okay. the roof. Yeah, and then yeah, I'm studying Chinese medicine. <laughs> And I said, over-enthusiasm is an imbalance. So I focused on my hyper-excitement, and I pulled it all in. And when it shifted, I call, I call it the slow burn. 
uh-huh. it literally okay. shifted into this really slow, steady, literally love and joy, you know, this kind of joy okay. feeling, but not this hyper excitement. Okay, good and to know. So that, I know it. <laughs> Well, Dr. Brad in the Emotion Code has, has one thing in his Emotion Code chart, and it's based on the five elements as well. And um, it's called, uh, he calls it, uh, let me look at it here. He calls it overjoy. So we, we were all, everyone in class was like, what's overjoy? Yes, yeah, so this is what you're talking about. Yeah, this excessive. Right. It's actually a result, in my opinion, to anxiety. Hmm. Yeah, it's that meridian. It really, so. Yeah. I really think it's a different form of anxiety because we get so excited that something's going to happen because we're really deep down afraid it won't. Fascinating. And so now, you get that question these. here. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, just for folks that are live on the call, if you want to um, ask for a question, the number to call in is 818-514-1190. Hit one so we know your hand is up or you can put it in the chat. So if you want to know, does this work for such and such, or does this work for, you know, something else, you know, you can definitely ask Lori that question. And uh, so for folks that came in um, a little later, the the website is thetoggleeffect.com, and you can definitely check out her book, which is, uh, you know, a short read, very effective, highly recommended, you know, buy a bunch for Christmas presents, you know. (laughs) That's my suggestion. Absolutely. Uh, We want to change the world here. Um, so let me just see, um, let me hit, uh, so area code 416, did you have a question for Lori? You had your hand up a second ago. Hello, area code 416? No, maybe not. Okay, she put her hand down. Okay, so we'll meet you back up here. Don't be shy, just in case anybody has there. Um, Okay, so uh, we'll get back to some of the other questions, Lori, before we end. Um, you also mentioned that uh, you also teach goal achievement. Can you tell a little, just a little bit about how that works? Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, you, you start doing this work and you start de-stressing your system and your mind is functioning better. You start addressing your pain and your health issues and you're feeling better. So now instead of having all this negative emotional sort of grinding going on in the underground, you've got a lot more positive emotional stuff happening. Positive emotions lead us to our higher creative um, abilities. And that is what do you want? In Chinese medicine, um, one of the things that I read, it says that if the water element is not well-rooted, then none of the other elements will function at their highest. Well, the water element cognitively is your ability to go within, cultivate deep quiet, and set an intention. So now what we're doing is we're saying, all right, now we've kind of cleaned up the system. Now what do we want to do with it? And that is when we set our goals. And Einstein has a beautiful quote um, my dear friend the acupuncturist gave me when I was working on this particular application of, of toggling. It says, everything is energy, and that's all there is to it. Match the frequency of the reality you want, and you cannot help but get that reality. It can be no other way. This is not philosophy. This is physics. And what we found 
is that as soon as you decide something that you want that you haven't achieved yet and you set that intention, it sends a vibration of energy through your emotional system. And anything that does not vibrate at that frequency will now be pushed up to the surface. So you think it would be great to have, you know, a new job. And so that makes you kind of happy. But when you set the intention, yes, I'm going to go get that new job, all of a sudden insecurity, uh, self-doubt, frustration will start to percolate right to the surface. From our perspective, that is the medicine. That is your access point to your goal. Because what's happening is each of the systems is now spitting out the low-frequency emotions that are still sort of stored in there that would be holding you back from that goal. I love it. So you, so you pull in the emotions, and each of the elements will kick out their contributor. You know, Some might be fear. There will be some frustration, maybe a little anxiety or worry, maybe some grief or resentment from the past. You pull those in. <clears throat> you go through the shift. And then when you think about the goal, this is where you come back around. You think about the goal. You won't have any emotional um, baggage come up. And that's when you have matched the frequency of your goal. And then all I say is now watch out because here it comes. Some good stuff. Wow. It's like a quickening. It accelerates your decision-making process. It accelerates your actions. It accelerates your level of organization. It accelerates everything so that the goal actually manifests pretty easily. Uh, and the yeah, only work you do it. is, yeah, once or twice a day you tap in, you think about your goal, and you scan your emotional system. If there is some upset in there, some fear or something, you just pull it in until you get back to your neutrality. And that's sort of a little like um, fine-tuning the emotional system on a daily basis. That's great because so there can be layers of things that maybe not show up that day but can show up later. Yes, yeah, absolutely. As you get further into the goal achievement, yeah, then it might stir up a little bit of uh, self doubt, unworthiness. Uh, oh no, what if? Because our our world is filled with those stories. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, there's this resounding message everywhere that you're not enough. And that it's yep. not going to work. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we so, do get a lot of those messages, uh, even though the left brain goes, well, you know, they said it's never going to work, but it didn't work for them. <laughs> so, right. yeah, that makes sense, you know, and our left brain's trying to, like, you know, coach us. But, what you, you know, the, these sorts of techniques can be so much faster to bypass our thinking brain's reasoning, if you will. Right, right. And, you know, there's just, I mean, our whole economy is based on people feeling insecure. And so we become consumers out of that insecurity. And so, yeah, this is a place where all of a sudden we become producers, you know. When you get into your higher mindset, you really start digging deep for what do I want in life. You start to access the gift, the thing you were came to give humanity. And that'll be the one thing that no matter how much you give, you're receiving more than you're giving. Mm. It reverses the paradigm 
that is the paradigm shift. Wow, when we're giving out of our passion, then we always have enough. If you give out of insecurity and out of obligation, <clears throat> you never have enough. And obligation is one of those words my parents did use a lot with me growing up. And I yeah. ended up, I don't feel it at the moment, but <laughs> uh, but I ended up recognizing many, many decades ago that there was a lot of resentment related to this obligation. And uh, right. so I, they haven't said it actually for a while, so I don't know what happened, but <laughs> you know, they haven't said that word, maybe because they know they're talking to me or maybe because I maybe, you know, toggled it or whatever, so it doesn't come up. But um, I think that that's, it's pretty common, though, right? Like people feel obligated. They have to do something. Again, we're talking about that no choice thing that's coming up worldwide. Um, yep. That is something for Guilt. us to work on. So, yeah, guilt and being put upon and forced and um, what if I don't and maybe I'll kill my grandmother or whatever, you know, whatever right. the, uh, right. the stories uh, are being told, um, you know, whether purposefully or not purposefully um, to, to people to, to manipulate their emotions. And uh, fear, uh, they call it fear porn, I guess, on social media, um, has been really rampant as well in the last year especially, uh, I didn't really, really wasn't really that aware of it prior to the past, you know, year and a half, and so I think it's a good thing um, that, the, you know, now we're aware that this happens, and this um, is, uh, you know, like almost like a infectious disease kind of can be spread, and now with the toggle effect, and see, you know, that there we have this amazing tool to be able to address these things when they come up for us. So I love it. I love right. it. Thank you, Lori. Oh, I, I so appreciate um, your vision and your um, inviting me here to actually talk about uh, this little breakthrough of mine. I, I really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. I, I think, uh, you know, like I said, I, I think it's a wonderful book um, and it's, you know, relatively simple compared to a lot of other things. <laughs> and uh, we can start it like today, right now. So maybe, Laura, you can um, share with us, you know, in the, when people go to the Toggle Effect, um, how do they uh, look you up? Uh, is there a therapist they can work with if they want to work with someone? Um, how would they start that whole thing? Um, right now, yeah, they can go to the website and there is an option to get a free consultation. I always do the first consultation free. Uh, that way people get kind of a feel for me and I get a feel for them and then they can decide if they want to move forward and then we set up um, a, a, an initial, you know, the next appointment or we can do a series of 12. Um, a three-month series is nice because pretty much everything that that goes on in your life, or not everything, but most of the stuff that you have dilemmas with will come up within a three-month period. And so, again, as a therapist, I bring the objectivity to that so that you get a real handle as you're practicing this work on all these different dimensions of your life, okay? Um, there are a few of the acupuncturists. Um, I do teach PDAs through the uh, National Acupuncture Association, um, so there are some acupuncturists on uh, one of my web, uh, website pages um, of the acupuncturists that do incorporate this work into uh, their therapy as well. 
Um, the future of this is to open up a full-on school uh, where I am training practitioners to focus primarily on this work. Oh, I love that. But, cool. Yeah, yeah. We're uh, we're looking at working with uh, Chad's uh, Chad's coalition right now. We're doing some collaborative work. Uh, Marion, who uh, heads up that organization, does uh, all of her focuses on suicide prevention with young people, uh, students from 13 to 34. And so we're looking at doing some mutual work together and even getting to the place where we can get some university studies so that they have the real concrete evidence of what we have been seeing all along. Oh, that yes, that is fantastic. Actually, there may be someone that, uh, you know, uh, somebody that has a, um, a medical device that may be helpful as well. I don't know if it will work for Well, I don't see why it wouldn't. Uh, it's not made yet, but it's on its way. So I, I think maybe in six months or a year, we connect back with me, and we can, we can see if that's uh, a good fit for for you and your work. So, so Lori, thank you so much for being on the show today and sharing your valuable work. Um, you know, I look forward to staying connected, seeing what you're up to, and there may be, you know, when your school's open, there may be people wanting to become uh, who who are not acupuncturists at this point who may wish to become uh, therapists in this modality. Yes, I would encourage anybody who has that interest that they start the toggling work now and get a good year of experience. When you experience for yourself, you become really good at that objectivity Uh that other people need. If 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 you haven't shifted your own guilt, it's very hard to work with anybody else with theirs. So the more you work on yourself, the more wonderful a practitioner you are for other people. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> well, thank you yeah. for joining us. And for everyone listening in, check her book out and uh, the website, thetoggleeffect.com. And uh, we look forward to, you know, a fantastic, brilliant um, future you know, for for you, Lori, and and your business and the work that you do. And thanks, everyone, for listening in. Until next time, bye for now. Lots of love. Bye. Thank you, Karen. My pleasure.